This is Thoughts from the Metal Cavern, where only one opinion matters, and it's not yours. G'day there. How's your day been? Yeah, mine's probably been the same. But seeing as you have bothered to go to your podcast provider and choose this podcast to listen to, I guess I'd better expand on the day at hand. So this is what I've found interesting in the last day or so. This is the Almanac Report on Thoughts from the Metal Cavern. G'day there and thanks for tuning in once again to come back and listen to me ramble on on my own podcast about things that I want to ramble on about. And if you're tuning in, I'm guessing that occasionally I've come up with subjects that you too are interested in. Is today one of those? I don't know. You've either just been told that this podcast has another episode and you have foolishly pressed play to see what would come up, or you've actually read the title of today's program. And yes, today we're going back in time to talk about the Wacky Races. Now, if you were like me, you would have grown up watching Saturday morning cartoons on whichever network you had where you are in the world, and you would have had your favourite cartoons that you would get up for every Saturday morning, no matter what. Even if you felt like you needed to sleep in, you would still get up at 7 o'clock on a Saturday because you knew that your favourite cartoon was going to be on. And for many of us, we probably shared the same joys and loves of certain cartoons. And for me, The Wacky Races was always one of my favourites. Now, the great thing about The Wacky Races is that it was based on a movie and then also had its own spin-offs. So we had more cartoons happening from them. Is that good enough to get you going for today's episode? Is that enough to drag you beyond this first little bit and listen to what I've got to say about these cartoons that I grew up with and loved so much? Well, I hope so. But if not, at least stay for the opening part of the Wacky Races, because maybe just hearing that once again will make you want to think about how much you loved that cartoon in your youth. And now, here they are, the most daredevil group of daddy drivers to ever whirl their wheels in the Wacky Races, competing for the title of the world's wackiest racer. Cars are approaching the starting line. First is the Turbo Terrific, driven by Dear Perfect. Rufus, Roughcut, and Sawtooth is the buzz wagon. Maneuvering for position is the Army Surplus Special. Right behind is the Ant Hill Mob in their bulletproof bomb. And there's ingenious inventor, Pat Pending, in his converter car. Oh, and here's the lovely Penelope Goodstuff, the glamour gal of the gas pedal. Next, we have the Boulder with the Swag Brothers, Rock and Gravel. Working along in the creepy coop with a gruesome Susan. And right on their tail is the Red Max. And there's the Arkansas Chuckabuck with Luke and Flubber Bear. Sneaking along fast is that mean machine with those double-dealing do-batters, Nick Dastrophy and his sidekick, Smuckley. And even now, they're up to some dirty trick, and they're off to a standing start. And why not? They've been chained to a post by Shifty Dick Dastrophy, who ships it to the wrong gear. And away they go on the way out wacky races. Alrighty, for those of you who made it past the theme music, <laughs> thanks for being here. Um, something you may not know 
um, I hope there's a little bit of information here that, that you don't know because otherwise, why are you listening to this? In fact, if you didn't know this information I'm going to give you, you'd be better off just going and trying to search for the Wacky Races and actually watching the episodes rather than listening to me talking about them because that would be much funnier. But hopefully I'm going to be informative for you and then you can go and search. There's some episodes on YouTube for those that are interested. The Wacky Races, believe it or not, only ever went for one series. Now, I know you're thinking like I used to in that, no, I watched hundreds of episodes of the Wacky Races and I watched them over again and every Saturday morning there was a different one. No, sorry, one series that ran from the end of 1968 through to the start of 1969. There were 17 episodes in that, 17 episodes. That's all you ever saw, believe it or not. Even though you watched it for years and years, like me, you watched 17 episodes. Now, each of those episodes had two races. So you saw 34 races. And I know you're still saying, no, that's crap. I saw more than 34 races. No, you didn't. 17 episodes, two races each, 34 races. That's the extent of what you saw of the wacky races. It's amazing, isn't it? Now, what you may know or you may not know is that the Wacky Races was inspired by a movie that was released in 1965 called The Great Race. And it starred Tony Curtis, Jack Lemmon, Peter Falk and Natalie Wood. Now, if you haven't seen The Great Race, I implore you to go and watch it as soon as you've listened to this episode. In fact, listen to this episode twice just to get my numbers up. That'd be really good. And then go and watch The Great Race because it is hilarious. It is fantastic. And I still don't know to this day how Jack Lemmon did not win the Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor in this year. I don't know who he was up against. I don't know what other movies were out at that time. All I know is that Jack Lemmon deserved an Academy Award for this role. So Tony Curtis played The Great Leslie. Jack Lemmon played Professor Fate. Peter Falk played his sidekick, Max. And Natalie Wood played Maggie Dubois, who was a photographic journalist. And the great Leslie and Professor Fate were basically daredevils who tried to one-up each other with doing amazing feats. And the first 10 minutes of the film is basically showing that. And it's fantastic. And of course, the great Leslie, who is always decked out in white because he's the hero, always succeeds. He's so good at it. But of course, Professor Fate who is always decked out in black because he's the bad guy, always finds a way to cock it up. And often it is with the help of his sidekick, Max. <laughs> so what happens is, is that they decide that there's going to be an automobile race from New York to Paris. Now this actually occurred back at the turn of the century. This race actually happened from New York City to Paris. And they had to go up through uh, Canada and Alaska to get in the middle of winter when the ice had actually sealed the two the road between the two continents, not the road obviously, but the the land between the two continents or, or had frozen the ice. Sorry, it's not land either. Get it right. And they actually went on this race in cars at the turn of the century when cars had just been invented. And so this movie is is based very loosely on that, of course, with the storyline having nothing to do with what actually happened in that race. I actually read a book about 
the actual race back in primary school. And it fascinated me at the time. And then I eventually saw this movie, The Great Race. And then eventually I then saw The Wacky Races, from which is based on this movie. So like I said, if you haven't seen the movie, you should definitely go out and see it. It's worth seeing. It's a bit long. It's about two hours, 40 minutes or something like that. So there are a few dull bits in it because it goes so long. But apart from that, it's a terrific watch and everybody is so good. So if you have seen it, you know, go and watch it again. It, it can't hurt, can it? So like I said, The Wacky Races was then inspired by that movie. And as we find out, there are plenty of options available if you want to try and find a team to support in the Wacky Races. So I'm sure, like me, you woke up every Saturday morning and you watched all the cartoons that ran. And, I, and in those days, back when I was an early teenager, like uh, from uh, early teens, it was pretty much like from a 7 o'clock through to about 11, 11.30. Uh, most of the ones I watched, I remember, were on uh, Channel 10 here in Australia. But all the channels sort of had some sort of shows with cartoons on. And The Wacky Races was one of my favourites. And... and uh, when it was scheduled, I made sure that I was at home watching it. So the Wacky Race has 11 teams involved. Now, before I even go any further, can you think of all of those teams? If you stop this podcast in about 20 seconds and actually got a piece of paper and a pen and started to write down all of the teams that are in there, would you get all 11? How many do you reckon you would actually get? Now, I know for a fact that I didn't get them all when I did that exact same thing just a couple of days ago. Uh, and either, this was even after I'd watched some episodes and I'd, I'd done some research to, to do this episode, and I still couldn't get all 11. The interesting thing is that there's three of the teams and four of the characters that are inspired by the characters from The Great Race that we just spoke about before the break. Now, the obvious one, of course, is Jack Lemon's Professor Fate and Peter Falk's Max is obviously Dick Dastardly and Muttley. Now, I want to come back to them because obviously they are also the stars of the show. But Natalie Wood's character, Maggie Dubois, is an obvious inspiration for the somewhat terrible Penelope Pitstop. Now, Penelope Pitstop drove around in the compact pussycat Yes, that was the name of her car, believe it or not. And uh, even though she's always got her compact out looking at her and powdering her nose, she's somehow still a skilled racer. And then, of course, you have the inspiration of Tony Curtis's character, the great Leslie, who absolutely has to be Peter Perfect, <laughs> who drives around in the turbo-terrific car number nine. Now, Peter is uh, very vain, um, often talks about how 
his wonderful car is so high tech and excellent. And of course, as soon as he says something like that, it used to just fall to pieces. It was uh, amazing. He's also very fond of Penelope because uh, any time that she breaks down, somehow Peter Perfect was always there to help out. Also amusing that uh, <laughs> my my wife's brother, who uh, was also one of my best mates at school, whose name is Peter, was often called Peter Perfect at home and still is called Peter Perfect. I don't know if that's a good thing for him or a bad thing. So who else is in the race? Well, we had the Slag Brothers. How good were the Slag Brothers? And their names were Rock and Gravel. <laughs> And of course, they drove around in that caveman sort of uh, machine, which was called the Bouldermobile. And they used to hit each, other, each, hit each other over the head with their clubs to make themselves go faster. Now, how did that work? <laughs> I don't know. But it was pretty funny when I was a kid. I used to love that. Then we had the Gruesome Twosome. We had Tiny and Bella. And of course, they were in the Creepy Coop. And that, how good was the Creepy Coop? That had that that like that bell tower, and of course there was the dragon and the bats and everything else that lived in the bell tower as they drove along, and their special booster, of course, had to be dragon power, and of course the dragon would then come out breathing fire or put his wings out and start flapping, and they'd go faster with that. How about Professor Pat Pending? Love that little name, Pat Pending. <laughs> Love it. Of course, he was an inventor and he drove around in the converter car. And his car could pretty much transform into anything that moves anytime you needed it. So he didn't have to have a special power because the converter car was the one that did it. If you need to be a plane, it turned into a plane. If you need to be a boat, it turned into a boat. Good old Professor Pat Pending had everything under control. I also used to love, particularly love, the Red Max. He was awesome. And of course, he drove around in the Crimson Hay Baler, which is basically just a hybrid of a car and aeroplane. And of course, it was able to fly, but for some reason, it was only ever for short distances, and then he'd be back on the ground again. But the fact that he was, you know, spoke with the German accent and all that kind of stuff, the Red Baron is the obvious inspiration for it, and I used to think that was fantastic. Then we had the Army Surplus Special. How good was that? The big tank <laughs> used to drive around with the, the sergeant and the private. And, um, of course, they used firepower, which is basically turning their, the, the top part around and shooting cannonballs out to make them go faster. Um, fantastic idea, that. I don't know why that hasn't taken off in, the, in uh, getting cars faster. <laughs> Everyone's favourite, surely, was the Ant Hill Mob. And Clyde, of course, was the uh, the ringleader. And we had other guys in there like Ringading, uh, Rugbug Benny, um, then there was Mac, uh, Danny, Kirby and Willie. And, of course, the, they used to use getaway power. Of course, the, the Bulletproof Bomb was the name of the car. It's interesting that the name I'd never heard of before until I started researching for this episode. They were always the Ant Hill mob. I always knew they used getaway power, but if you'd asked me what their car was, I would have said, I don't know. <laughs> Apparently, the bulletproof bomb. And uh, well, there you go. Now, of course, getaway power. How good was that? That just involved everyone in the car sticking their legs down on the ground and running and making the car go faster from that. Fantastic. What about the Arkansas Chugabug? Now, there was a car 
with Luke, who is basically a hillbilly, of course, and then Blubber Bear, who was just not a bear at all. All he used to do was blubber. It was fantastic. And that car with the, the, the boiler in it, and uh, it always it's obviously steam-powered the car, but it always looked like it was going to blow up, and generally did almost every second episode, would just completely blow up. Fantastic. And then we had Rufus Roughcut in his companion, who was a beaver called Sawtooth. And of course, they were in the buzz wagon, made entirely of wood, uh, had uh, circular saw blades for wheels. And of course, if they ever came across an obstruction that was uh, in the middle of the road, somehow Sawtooth got out and just used to chew through it. No dramas at all. (laughs) Fantastic. So there's your teams. And, you know, it's amazing when you think about it that 34 races were held on this, and I know results don't matter, and all that kind of crap doesn't matter. Of course it doesn't. It's just about what you, they used to get up to. But in all of that, surprisingly, Dick Dastardly and Muttley never, ever won a race. Never. And yet, somehow you'd think they had to have won. How good was the Moon Machine, double O the Moon Machine, and how often was that used in movies and in so many other things since this actually came out. Dick Dastardly and Muttley would always be somehow at the front of the pack during the race, and then they would stop, because they would stop to try and come up with a massively clever scheme that would stop all the other races in the track so that they could win easily. Every single episode. Now, if they never stopped... If they never came up with, you know, a scheme or whatever, do you reckon that they might have won? Oh, what? You're telling me that that's not part of the story? That it's just a cartoon? Oh, I'm so sorry, you idiots. Don't tell me what I'm thinking. (laughs) Dick Darcy and the schemes that they had were so much like the Roadrunner and the Coyote. It could just be a carbon copy of all those storylines because... For some reason, Dick had come out and he'd say, we're in front, but we're going to stop and we're going to do this and this is what's going to happen and of course it will. And of course, all the cars would go through, nothing had happened and then bugger me, Dick would go out there and then he'd get hit by the tree or he'd get thrown into the water or whatever it was. And then Muttley would do this. greatest laugh of all time <laughs> it just and the, every time he did it you couldn't help but laugh it was just fantastic so of course dick never won uh and you know what you can actually get online and there are people who have written out every race that happened where everyone finished in each race and honestly no one cares about that, but it's pretty funny that someone, some people are so obsessed with it that they had to do this. <laughs> and it's not me. I know most people out here listening to it might think that that's the kind of thing that I would do, but I did not. Because all I wanted to do was watch the Wacky Race and hope like hell that one day Dick Dastardly would win. 
And that, to me, is what makes uh, the fact that there was only 34 races, 17 episodes ever made. Because I'm sure I spent more time than that hoping that Dick Darcy would finally win one. I mean, it's like the Coyote and the Roadrunner, isn't it? You just hope that one day the Coyote would actually win. And he did on Family Guy, obviously. If anyone's seen that Family Guy episode where the Coyote did win and uh, what actually occurred after that. And I often think about that when it comes to Dick Darsley. Would If he'd actually won a race, would he have been able to handle it? Could he have handled winning? What would he have done then? Would he have given it away? Would he have given racing away forever and said, I've won my race. I don't have anything more to prove. And then go off into the distance and you know, just take Muttley with him and go and buy a house and look at the ocean or something like that. Anyway, enough of that uh, stuff. So the Wacky Race is a great race. And you know, I, I can sit here and talk about it all day, but the, watching the show is where the joy is. So obviously that's what your next point of call is, is to go back and look at some of the episodes and see how much you enjoy it now compared to how you used to. What happened, though, after that is, is also interesting in that one series was made of this show. But then there were two spin-off shows as well. How does that happen? How do you have spin-off shows from cartoons? I mean, it's not as if uh, actors are getting old and um, kids are getting old and turning adults say so you've got to try and change the show and, and, and have a spin-off and do something different. You could have done the Wacky Races for 14 years and had hundreds of races and kept it going. But no, what they did was have two spin-offs. So we're going to talk about both of those. And the first spin-off we're going to talk about is this one. Yes, can you believe it? Dastardly and Muttley in their flying machines was the name of this show. And it too only ran for one season. It's ridiculous. And once again, there was 17 episodes, but 34 segments, or you know, different episodes doing that. So very symmetrical we're getting here in the way that we're going to do this. And I don't really understand why. But anyway... So what's the plot? Well, the plot is now that Dick Dastardly and Muttley are flying aces in World War style, World War One style aeroplanes, and they're trying to stop a messenger pigeon named Yankee Doodle Pigeon 
from delivering top-secret messages to an opposing army. <laughs> uh, so they had their squadron, and there was Clunk, who is an inventor, but basically speaks in an unintelligible language. You just can't understand him. It's howls and clicks and whistles and... And somehow, Muttley actually understands him, and then he has to translate for Dick, which is also pretty funny. And then there's Zilly, who is a pilot who's, who also is one there to translate for Clunk. But he will absolutely try and get out of any mission at any possible opportunity. <laughs> Coward or maybe just smart. The thing I always got about this is that these guys are obviously American. But they're flying around in aeroplanes, you know, not like the Red Baron. But then that means that, because in here, in this... Well, this cartoon, more or less the pigeon is seen to be the hero. The pigeon keeps finding a way to get through and get the messages. But surely that means the pigeon has to be from the German army. So how is the pigeon the hero? You can't be the hero if you're part of the German army, can you? Or does that mean Dick Dastardly is working for the Germans against Yankee Doodle Pigeon? It doesn't make any sense. Why would Dick Dastardly fight for Germany? And if it's the pigeon, why is it called Yankee Doodle Pigeon if it's German? Am I thinking too deeply about this? Yes, you're right, I am. So, of course, the show then, it, that's, that's the whole premise of the show. These guys are just trying to stop the pigeon from delivering messages. And, of course, they come up with new and wacky ways and great inventions to do that none of which work, and in the long run, uh, Muttley laughs, and away we go. Now, was this as good as The Wacky Races? Well, no, it wasn't. Um, and was it more frustrating than The Wacky Races? Yes, it was, because how hard is it to stop a pigeon? Not very. But anyway, it was entertaining. But I do remember, when it was on as a kid, all I used to think about was, oh, maybe if they show this enough and they get to the end, they'll go back and they'll run the Wacky Races again or run the new series of the Wacky Races. You know, the new series that never actually got made. There was only ever one. But that's what I was thinking the whole time watching this show. All I wanted to see again was the Wacky Races. So it was a good show, but, eh, you know, not as good. And then we go to the other spin-off show that came from the Wacky Races. And there are similar feelings there. And of course, that show was this one. Penelope's ever-present protectors, the Antil Mob. Oh, 
Yes, it's the perils of Penelope Pit Stop. Now, believe it or not, there was one Susan made of this show. <laughs> and yes, there were 17 episodes. What the hell was with this? Oh, the 17-bit. It's amazing. Like Generally, American sitcoms and stuff used to run for 24 episodes uh, and then get multiple series and there'd be hundreds and hundreds of episodes and all these cartoons all got one series does anyone actually believe that if they'd made more series of the wacky races that we wouldn't have watched them and you know stop the pigeon yeah maybe perils of penelope pit stop yeah, not so much so of course the perils of penelope pit stop is all about uh the rich young lass God, who says, help, help, all the time. I mean, she's in the wacky races and she drives this car and she's fast and she's a good driver. And yet here, she can't seem to escape from anybody. She's always caught and doesn't get in a car and drive away fast. What the hell is all that about? Anyway, Penelope's guardian, Sylvester Sneakley, is actually after all her inheritance, because obviously she's rich and he wants it. So he attacks her by disguising himself as the Hooded Claw. And he's henchman the Bully Brothers. Oh my goodness. But never fear, because Penelope has benefactors out there. And yes, we've got to bring someone in to make the show worth watching. So we bring in the Ant Hill mob. And this is the best part of the show. Without the Ant Hill mob, this would have been an absolute dead loss. But because they're in the show, and they actually use more of the characters in this show than they do in the Wacky Races, so all of the all of the guys in the car all get speaking parts, and they all get to do something different than just putting their feet down and running in fast. That's what makes this show watchable. Because they've always got to foil the hooded claw and they have to rescue Penelope again. Now, they must get to the end of this show after 17 episodes and 34 stories. I think she's been caught more than 34 times and they've had to rescue her 34 times. And what have they got out of it? Are they getting paid? No. Are they going to get an inheritance? No. So what the bloody hell are they doing it for? Far out. Oh, it's a cartoon. Oh, the story doesn't matter. They just you just got to watch it and enjoy it. Oh, thanks for that. No bloody kidding. However, if you want me to watch a show, you have to have me invest in the show. And I can't invest in a show where a blonde woman who supposedly drives fast but can't escape an old bloke who has to wear a cape and a hood to try and get her and fail 34 times. I'm afraid I'm not invested. So there you go, my two cents worth, or 20 cents worth maybe in this day and age. So there we have it. There's three cartoons from my youth, and the way that they all uh, interlock, interact, come together, pull apart, are all inspired by one another. There you go. What, you're not impressed? This took... Minutes of my time to come up with this idea and record some stuff and <laughs> come up with ideas. 
this is the problem with the podcast. I'm not pretending to say that I'm going to be better than watching the shows themselves. What I'm hoping to do is to bring back some memories for you from your youth of watching these shows so that you'll go out and find them and watch them and enjoy them as much as I do. Or maybe not so much Penelope Pitstop, but certainly the Wacky Races. And go out there and watch them again. And remember how much you enjoyed the shows as a kid. Because that's what really matters. Because that's what it always makes us think about, isn't it? We could watch the same cartoons today and we won't love them anywhere near as much as we used to when we were kids growing up watching them. But I really enjoyed doing this podcast episode, as I have in the past with ones like the one I did on MASH and Cheers and all just reminiscing on old shows and being able to go back and hopefully inspiring you guys to go out there and have a look at them again yourself or inspiring you to get onto social media and telling me I'm an idiot because the show that I've just done a podcast episode on is a heap of crap. That also works. <laughs> look, I hope you've enjoyed going back at this. I have. I've had some wacky races going on on the TV in the background as I've been ranting and raving uh, over this podcast episode, go and have a look. YouTube, there are some episodes on YouTube for all of these three shows and reminisce about how good they were. So, enough from me and um, we'll move on to the next episode hopefully and uh, I hope you enjoy your day. Uh, I'm going to go and pour myself a scotch. Cheers. That's all for today's edition of the Almanac Report. Thanks for tuning in, and I hope you'll come back and check out further episodes down the track, right here on the podcast, Thoughts for the Metal Cabin. You have been listening to a Metal Cabin production.